0: As we begin a new year together, I want us to focus on how we often live life like chameleons. You're familiar with chameleons. A chameleon changes his appearance, his color actually changes based on his surroundings. Uh, Wherever he is, he can camouflage himself uh, by changing the, the, the way he looks and I think that that is an example of how many Christians live their lives. When we come into this room, we change into our church self. And then when we go to work, we change into our work self. And then when we're at home, we change into our home self. And it's very easy for us to live life like the chameleon lives. We change our appearance to fit in with our surroundings. Well, for the next month, we're going to think about the chameleon, and we're going to learn to fight the urge to fit in. Fight the urge to fit in. This morning, we're going to start by thinking together about do not conform. Look with me. We're in the book of Romans, chapter 12, and we're going to kick off our series with a very familiar verse. In Romans chapter 12, look with me at verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. As we think through that verse, the, the first thing that we see there, the first command is a negative command. Now, neg- not negative in that it's bad, but it, 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 there's a, a negative command means don't. A positive command means do. And in this verse, we have one of each. The negative command, do not conform to this world. What you see on the screen is the NIV version, and I wanted you to see the NIV because it picks up on a part of the Greek word that we often miss. The original Greek word is the word that we get, our word schematic, when it says do not conform. That's a complicated Greek word, but it's the word we get, our word, schematic. And what is a schematic? Well, a schematic is a design. It's a plan. It's a pattern, if you will, a diagram or a drawing. And the NIV picked up on that, and it says, do not conform to the pattern, the schematic. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. I remember growing up, Mom used to get those those paper patterns that she'd go to the sewing store and buy those paper patterns and then she'd use the straight pin and, and put the pattern on top of the material and then you just cut along the line on the pattern and that cuts out the material in a right way. Paul says, don't give in to the pattern that the world wants to put on top of you. Don't be conformed to this world you ever seen a square or really a cube watermelon do you know in 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 Japan a few years back now I haven't either a few years back in Japan they started developing these they call them squares but they're really cubed watermelons here here's an example of one and they grow these by growing the the watermelon within a form they they create a a, a cube out of silicon or something, and as the watermelon grows, it grows into that form that it was put into. They say they're doing this because it takes up less space in a refrigerator. <laughs> uh, I you know probably they're doing it so preachers will show pictures and say isn't this cool. But that's how the watermelon becomes a square when it's put into a form and it grows according to that form around it. Paul says, be careful about that. The world wants to put you in a box. The world wants to define how you're supposed to think and what you're supposed to say and how you're supposed to act. The the world wants to tell you what to think. And Paul says, be careful of that. Don't grow up into the form that the world is putting around you. Don't let the world put a pattern on top of you and and cut you out the way it wants you to look. There's an old saying, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. You're familiar with that? I think we live by that maybe too much. Perhaps we take that a little too far. The intent of that of that saying, uh, when in Rome, do as the Romans do, is, is to say, you know, show respect. If if you're in a culture where uh, where they wear a certain kind of clothing, then wear that kind of clothing so that you show respect. But I think we can carry it a little too far, don't you? Where we might say, when you're at church, act like the church people. When you're at work, act like the work people. When you're at the bar, act like the bar people. When you, you know, we we. Ask someone else to show us the form, and then we try to fit into that. Well, this month, as we start this new year, in a crazy, mixed-up, confused world, I'm going to challenge us to look around the world and to recognize the forms and the patterns that they're trying to make us fit into. And I want to I challenge us this month to notice the difference between blending in and standing out. You ever have a sore thumb? You know how when you have a sore thumb, it winds up getting hit by everything around you. When your thumb is is not hurt, you don't ever think about your thumb. You never pay it any mind. It's just about as important as your big toe. You don't pay any, any mind to your thumb until it gets hurt. And once it's hurt, man, it seems like you're banging it on everything you get around. And so that's where that saying came from, stand out like a sore thumb. Do we want to blend into the world around us? Or do we want to be spiritual sore thumbs? Stand out. Be different. Remember in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said that you are the salt and the light of the world. Salt and light change their environment by being different from what surrounds them. Why does salt make a difference? Because it's different than the meat that it touches. It changes the meat because itself is different. And Jesus even goes so far as to say when salt has lost its saltiness, it's not good for anything but throwing it out in the road and letting it be gravel. It doesn't serve its purpose, so we don't need it. The reason salt is valuable is because it changes things because it's different than what it touches. Same thing with light. Why does light work? Because it's not darkness. It stands out as something different than the environment around it. And so I think Paul is saying to us, do not be conformed to this world. Stand out. Be different. With our theme for the month, don't be a chameleon. Fight the urge to fit in. So we find in verse 2 this negative command or this don't. Do not be conformed to this world. And then we see the positive command, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And again, we have to depend on um, kind of a complicated Greek word. That word for transformed is the word that we get our word metamorphosis. And it is exactly the picture that Wendy just showed us. When the caterpillar becomes a butterfly, that caterpillar is not still a worm that just grew wings. That caterpillar actually changes into a different structure. He's he's not the same critter anymore. That's metamorphosis. That's this word. Be transformed to change within. You can see the the difference in the two words. To be conformed means that there's a pressure on the outside putting me into a shape. There's a pressure from the outside in. Transformation works the opposite way. Transformation is a power from within that works outward, that changes me from inside instead of from outside. Now, as strong, independent Texans, we don't want any outside pressure changing us into its little puppets. But as believers in Jesus Christ, we certainly want God the Father through the Holy Spirit to be within, changing us into the image of Christ from inside. That is what it is to be transformed. A businessman was selling an old warehouse and the warehouse had, had been neglected for some time. It was, it was, you know, wearing down and it had graffiti in it. People had come and gone and it was a mess. There was trash everywhere and glass was broken and all that. Just, just a big mess. And a potential buyer came to look at the warehouse and the businessman started to apologize. He said, you know, i I know it's a mess. I, I'll, I'll make sure we get it cleaned up before you buy it, and we'll replace the windows, and we're, we're going to clean up all this stuff. I'm going to get it all cleaned up and get it ready for you. So, you know, it'll be nice. And the buyer says, well, you, you don't really understand. Um, I, I'm going to build something totally new here. I don't want the building. I want the site. And that is what I think the Holy Spirit says to us. I don't want your building. I don't want to come in and fix stuff and make it pretty. I am want to build something brand new. I want the site. I want you, but I want to change you into who you're supposed to be. I'm going to transform you into a Christ-like person. God changes the inner person not just the outward appearance. The butterfly is not a caterpillar with wings. It's something new. God doesn't want to just make us look right and sound right. He wants to change us from the inside. He wants to create a new person from within. You'll notice from time to time that there are people in church settings, there are religious-minded people who get confused about transformation from within and appearance from without. And these good-hearted, religious kind of people will tell you, in order to be a Christian, you need to do this and this and this and this. And what what are they doing? They're trying to conform. It's pressure from without. Do these things. Say these things. Act like this. Where the Holy Spirit says, "That's, that's the appearance. That's the outside. I want your inside. And if you'll give me your inside and let me change you, you'll become a new creature and the do's and don'ts take care of themselves. Being conformed even by religious people doesn't work. Instead, be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Paul gives us the no and the yes, the negative command, the positive command. Do not be conformed. Don't be a chameleon, but be transformed, he says. First Peter and 1 and 23 uses a phrase that, that, that we're very familiar with, but perhaps we take for granted. He says, for you have been born again. Now, that's an important phrase, In John 3, Jesus tells Nicodemus, You got to be born again. That's the only way to make it work. And so Peter follows that up. He says, For you have been born again, regenerated, started over. The you who you used to be ain't no more. You're a new you. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. Now notice how it happens because there's a hint here that's going to lead us to our next point in just a moment. He uses his word to bring about that transformation. Similarly in Colossians chapter 3 at verse 10, Paul speaks of the transformation. He says, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. He says that when you become a believer, he creates something new in you. And then he begins the process being renewed in knowledge. There's there's an event that happens. I trust in Jesus Christ. I repent of my sins. He forgives me of my sins, and I become a new person. But that new person then goes through a process of renewal. Over time, he makes me more and more and more like Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5 says it in another way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. There is a transformation that takes place from within. Don't settle for chameleon life. Don't settle for being conformed by the world or by religious people who mean well. Don't be conformed by pressure from the outside. Instead, be transformed by power from the inside, allowing the Holy Spirit to change you into the person he intended you to be. Well, how does that happen? Do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed, how? By the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God. It happens by the renewal of your mind. Since he is transforming you into a new person, you got to start thinking differently. Stop thinking like a chameleon. Stop thinking about self-protection and fitting in. Instead, start thinking Like, how do I represent Jesus? How am I salt in this environment? How am I light in this darkness? How can I stand out for him? You change your thinking. Your natural mind is part of this fallen world. Remember that. Your natural way of thinking is part of the fallen, messed up, sinful world. Instead, you need to fill your mind with the things of God. That's what leads to transformation when you renew your mind. The world will control your thinking, but the Holy Spirit will change your thinking. Ephesians chapter 4 is a great chapter. I wish we had time to look at the whole chapter this morning, but we don't. I would encourage you to look at Ephesians chapter 4 later on. Let me just show you two verses out of that chapter. In 17, it says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. Your mind is messed up as long as it's still your original natural way of thinking. But a little bit later down in that chapter, at verse 23, look at this reference that he makes. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. So your mind can be renewed. You can learn to think the way God intends you to think. Because of that, I want to I challenge you to read the Bible through this year. And it's not too late to start. We've only missed one day. So you just read double today and you'll be ready for the year. How are you going to do that? Remember that Bible app that I told you about earlier from Version? In that Bible app, there is, there's probably a dozen different plans to read the Bible through in one year. There's all kinds of, you can do it chronologically. You can read it straight through from Genesis to Revelation. The one I like to use reads reads one or two chapters of Old Testament, one or two of New, a psalm, and some Proverbs every day. And it takes 15 minutes a day. What's the point? The point is you got to start renewing your mind. I can't tell you how many times I hear people say, God won't talk to me. I don't know what God wants because he won't talk to me. Well, part of that is our fallen nature makes it hard to hear the Holy Spirit. Part of it is he already did talk to you. Are you in here listening? This is how he speaks. We have a spiritual conversation with our Heavenly Father. We talk to him through prayer. He talks to us primarily through what we call his word. There's a reason we call it his word. This is him speaking. And so if I want to renew my mind, I want to change my natural way of thinking into godly way of thinking. The best way to do that is to put God's thoughts in there. I put God's thoughts in my head. I start to renew my mind. I want to challenge you. Read the Bible all the way through this year. Start putting that in. The world conforms. The Word transforms. The world says, This is the pattern. This is what you're supposed to. This is the box. The Word says, You're something new. Let me teach you how to live in this new life. It doesn't do any good for me to have a jacket when it's cold. Having a jacket when it's cold doesn't make any difference at all. Wearing a jacket when it's cold makes a difference. Having a Bible doesn't make any difference at all. Reading meditating, letting it get into you, that's when it starts to make a difference. Psalm 1 says, blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And he meditates on it day day. And night, this is where that man learns to live a blessed life. Somebody was really trying to trip up Jesus. They were trying to get him to say the wrong thing so he, they could get him politically. But they said, what's the most important command? Out of all these rules, what's the number one most important one? Do you remember what he said? What did he say? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul. All of your mind. You love the Lord your God with your heart. You come in, you sing to Him, you praise Him, you worship Him, you love Him. You love Him with an emotional experience. You love God with your heart. You love Him with your soul. You would do anything to represent Him well. You'd give up anything to follow Him. But when's the last time you loved Him with your mind? What you think about, what you focus on, your thinking can be and must be an act of worship, an expression of love.